Thanks for listening to Reawaken, creating community and meaningful action to shift paradigms in mental health, trauma and addiction, a podcast by The Humane Clinic. Hosted by Matt Ball and Stephanie Mitchell and produced by me, Rory Ritchie, aka Producer Dan. Incidental music by yours truly and our theme song is Hope by the talented Addo Mull. Everywhere people, in every place, all of the countries and each race, Need your hope, that's what this world is in need Hope is in the water that sprouts the seed Hope is the thing that stops you bleed hope So welcome I... today, I'm here with Matt Hi Hi Matt and Rory Hello, producer Dan Yes, he's producer Dan and, and, um, I'm, and I'm Stephanie and I'm clicking my watch so I'll stop doing that That's something <laughs> Yeah, yeah, how are, you, how are you going guys? Just thought we might do a quick check in I'm yeah. really mindful we're going to talk a bit about COVID-19 and the mm. emotional experiences that are common and normal mm. that we have around this nothing to do with mental illness at all mm. and it's an important distinction so i just wonder how you are emotionally at the moment mm. yeah. bit of a check-in yeah um i'd like to say i've just been speaking to one of my close friends who, have a, who has a family member who um had some pretty serious medical stuff going on um respiratory stuff so he's um off to hospital today and it's quite an unknown mm. whether where he'll end up in the hospital seeing as the virus is you know yeah. respiratory stuff as well and whether there'll be enough equipment and specialists and whether they'll be able to visit him while he's in there and so not even directly virus related but um I think a bit of an indication that it affects it's affecting everything, you know, everything we do. And, you know, mm. people are in all different situations in their life and um, it's having an impact on us all. So got mm. a bit of, bit worried about that, just stepping into the podcast after hearing that just, just yeah. now. Yeah. I just say I'm so grateful that you've shared that with us. Like, I feel really quite emotional about it, but I'm so glad you're not sitting on your own with it. Mm. Yeah. You know, we're, we're pretty close in here, keeping social distance, but pretty close in here having a talk about emotion. Mm. I'm so grateful that you're not having to sit alone with that man mm. and that you could feel you could talk to us. Mm. Yeah. Did you want to share any more about it or, or anything um, else that's going on or how that feels? Anyway, no, maybe I could talk a little bit about um, what went on Sunday night or mm. Sunday, hearing that me being from WA and kind of being over here in South Australia living by myself mm-hmm. and reading that the borders would be closing and considering how our work was going to look would be quite quickly be ending up doing all online work anyway and was I better off back in WA close to friends and family to be able to look after them as well and still continue my work online. Um, and a lot of just listening went on on Sunday, so I <laughs> spoke to my family in Perth and my best mate in Geraldton, who's in Geraldton at the moment in WA, and another one of my close friends who's just gotten over to England herself. Mm. Um, so I checked in with all of them, and they all kind of listened to me and fed back to me, and then I gave you a ring, Matt, and you... Um, let me know how you felt, but also that you, you know, 
there to support whatever decision I made if I didn't want to make the decision to make a mad dash to yeah. the border, which I read later people did do and there was a queue at Eucla yeah. on the WA border of people trying to get through, which seems quite crazy. Mm. Um, and, you know, after everybody listening to me and tossing up my decisions, obviously a lot of fear of what if something happened to my parents and I wasn't there or these kind of things, um, obviously decided to stay in South Australia, but was able to, you know, calmly make that decision once the slight panic of, oh, you know, borders closing behind me, ah, oh, the fear mm. of that and the kind of slight panic of that after people had listened to me, I was able to calm down and see the situation for what it was mm. and make a decision that was best for me and in also some considerations for what was in the best interest of my family's health back at home and that kind of thing as well, so... Mm. Oh, I, feel, I don't know how you feel, Steph. I feel like it feels pretty powerful, really, to be carrying all of that mm. on top of trying to work. And, yeah. You know, everyday stuff, and then there's this on top. So, mm. again, I'm grateful to hear it, but just really feel for you how heavy that might feel to... I mean, I hear you come out of it now and you kind of organise it. There's still stuff going on, but just if you had to not be able to talk about stuff like that, I wonder what that would be like. Yeah, yeah. I remember when you came in on the Monday and you were telling us about it, and I was like, "Yeah, gosh, things that we don't think about," you know. And I think that's really interesting. You know, in this space, it's sort of like lots going on in people's lives that we wouldn't necessarily think about. Mm. You know, mm. and being being here in South Australia by yourself, if you end up having to be at home alone, mm. um, rather than being, you know, maybe back in WA, surrounded by some people, if you're having to be isolated, at least with some maybe staying with parents or someone nearby and mm-hmm. yeah yeah I'm glad you're here <laughs> yeah so am I so am I I made the right decision but as no, I said was I able to make the right decision once I'd been listened to and mm. thought calmly about it yeah and also not so worried about the being alone thing anymore as I said to you earlier today Steph as we walked to the shops I've had people I haven't connected with, some in some instances for years, sending me messages this week, checking in, how are you going, how's your family, everyone's safe, me asking them how they're going, so really, you know, strengthening that network and rebuilding, which is something really beautiful that's come out of well, mm. yeah. the COVID panic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it is a panic, isn't it? I think yeah. that's what I'm noticing is kind of like this sense of, um, just navigating the space of staying steady mm. and hearing people around. Some people are sort of very panicked, some people are real relaxed. And then in between, like we were talking earlier, Rory, about this kind of thing of if I, we, we sort of have found our own steadiness. Like it sounds like you found some steadiness, I found some steadiness. And then you meet someone and then they're not maybe so steady they're like oh and, and then there's a sense of am I supposed to be panicking mm. am I supposed to be like worried as well yeah. because other people are really really worried yeah so yeah so I'm, I'm kind of you know how am I right now I'm a bit up and down I have moments where I'm anxious and just noticing that and other moments when um I'm like no it's okay there's you know um good strategies in place around you know all manner of things from connecting so that we're not so isolated emotionally through to, you know, health things that can be put in place and 
Mm. Yeah, so I kind of am navigating the space for me around not doing too much going online and being part of all that panicky stuff. Yeah. But getting enough information to feel like I know what's going on and what needs to be done next. And, and then, you know, for me, just really tuning into, you know, what are my fears, what are, what's up, what's under that. That's what I like to do anyway is kind of like, okay, that's a fear that's a fear of what seems like this first bit, but is there something under there that's driving that, that as well? And that seems to always help me a little bit to notice maybe there's something underneath that. You know what I noticed while you were talking? Mm. Well, a lot of things. I, I felt like there was a real wisdom that I don't feel I have, and I'm not, not asking you to take up the way you're describing noticing mm. how it's coming and going and, mm. and, and talking about common anxieties, but n- noticing them rather than reacting to them. Mm-hmm. It's not always easy. Mm. But, and how, and then Rory is talking about his journey of that. And I noticed myself, for people that can't see, but I grabbed the green stone that I've got around my neck and I noticed a story emerging because the green stone is, uh, was named by Kamatua, the elder in... South Island, New Zealand, where I was, uh, so the North Island, New Zealand, where I was, and um, he, he named it uh, Poraria, which means ebb and flow. Mm. And as you were talking, you were talking about coming in the ebb and the flow of mm. what, okay, pause, what's next? You know, which yeah. direction is it going now? Where do I have to go now? And I, that really, I noticed that felt really nice to kind yeah. of go, ah, oh, I can, I, I've got a story about ebb and flow. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be scared of that. Yeah. And so there was something really powerful in hearing your anxieties and fears, but mm. also your how you, how you're narrating or telling talking that through with yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't know about Rory, but I've certainly experienced that in our workplace. That at different times, each of us are in a very different place. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So one moment I'm busy and on it, and the next minute I'm paralysed and not really doing anything. Yes. <laughs> and 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 at the moment we seem to be doing that enough in ebb and flow with one another that the jobs are getting done i really appreciate you saying that because i think that's really helpful to notice that if we stay in connection with each other then when i'm wobbly you guys are steady enough at least you know and then i feel a bit better and then when you're wobbly i'm like oh no i'm good now so i can Mm. hear and hold that yeah that's exactly what it feels like Mm. and it's so Mm. interesting to me that when these things are difficult earlier i had a dilemma with scheduling and I got nice. real wobbly, didn't I? Yeah, came into yeah. the room and I was like, oh, double booked an appointment. And, <laughs> and I got really kind of overwrought about it. And, yeah. and it was interesting to sort of see how something as simple as, an, as, as a double booking, yeah. when you're already sort of, you know, holding on to some anxieties, just mm. there, you're sort of, you're, you're navigating it. I'm going, okay, I've got plans. It's all right. I'm getting through this. And sometimes it's, you know, a bit wobbly and sometimes I'm steady. But then to add something as simple as a scheduling problem brought up a lot of like, oh, what am I going to do about it? And it was just yeah. helpful to have a space to kind of go, oh, double booked. What do I do? What do I do? And then as I talk to them, we're like, oh, I'll just ring one of them and <laughs> let them know yeah. I've double booked. <laughs> yeah. And that's so interesting because, sorry, just so interesting because I, I was on the way into the office before that happened. And I was flooded with a million things I had to do. Mm. And someone rang me. And I, what I noticed as I was talking to them, really enjoying listening to what they were up to, I forgot about the million things that had caused me this anxiety. <laughs> this seems to be what we're talking about, this, this change and movement of, of, mm. of just 
common human emotional movement around COVID and the uncertainties in our world today and how if we get stuck worrying about the worries that's when I think people get told they've got mental health problems mm. but actually we're talking about how that's very easily moved through when we when we connected me on the phone you and I in the room mm. Rory's come in here and told us the phone call he's just had you know really important mm. Or are you going to say something? No, just, just hearing you speak about the ebb and flow and hearing the ebb and flow in what Steph was saying, but also noticing kind of the source of the ebb and flow. So not getting caught out on the outside of the ebb and flow, but noticing that, oh, that panic about a small situation that's popped up, the ebb and the flow of that, just being with it a bit and stepping, taking half a step back and realising that, there's a lot of anxiety about what's going on in the community, in the country, in the world yeah. right now, and just noticing the source of where those ebbs and flows are coming yeah. from and kind of moving with them but being aware of them rather than being at their whim almost, maybe, is what, what I was hearing mm. from Steph saying, really noticing mm. where things are coming up from and what they're all about before you know, yeah. letting that panic overtake us. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. I, I think there's something really important about the language and intention as well because we're just talking about how we feel right and one of the things I heard you say was people are intentionally checking in with you and I just got off the phone before we did this podcast to my wife and normally we might text or speak for about 30 seconds because she's at work and I'm at work at lunchtime and today she went outside and we just had a bit of a longer conversation it was very intentional for us and we've been talking about this at home you know, just, just say if you want to, either of us and our kids and everyone, if you just need a few minutes extra, then, then just pause and listen a little bit longer because, and that was really, I felt, well, what I felt, my wife was telling me about vulnerabilities of people's jobs in her workplace, you know, around COVID-19 and I wasn't overwhelmed by her feeling vulnerable, but I, I came away feeling grateful that I could just listen to her for a minute mm. and in the hope that that might have been useful. Mm. And it was really, you know, if we can do this intentionally and, and use language of this being, you know, meaningful and understanding, understandable, mm. then we can move away from it being this kind of problem-saturated environment to a, an environment of noticing that actually maybe all this emotional stuff means that we are more than what we thought we were. Mm. We've got more availability, We've got more connection and compassion for the needs of one another and community and society. And, and, and also, you know, most importantly for me, we can just reach out to people mm. <laughs> and people can just check in with us. A bit more permission maybe is yeah. around at the moment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. like uh, tell someone you love them. It, it won't cause any harm. Yeah. If you're really being honest in that moment, yeah. it won't cause you any harm. Mm. Uh, yeah. And I think, yeah, and feel safe knowing that it's going to be accepted in the spirit that you mean it is. Yeah. It's not going to... Yeah. I'm also wondering how you're going, Matt yeah, and Steph you raised that. <laughs> spoken. I wonder how you are and you guys at home, you've got a young family and a wife who's a teacher and how's all that going? Yeah, look, um, thanks. I mean, I feel quite tearful when you say that and I suppose that's a mark of the value of someone just bothering to remember to check in with each other. I feel quite emotional. Um, partly my daughter, who's 11, was sort of trying to listen to the Prime Minister's speech last night and she, we weren't really encouraging it because it's not great, it's pretty confusing, contradictory at the best of times. And she, she went off and produced a poster saying, shut the schools. And then she wrote a page about 
um, you know, it's okay to allow funerals of only 10 people or um, leave hairdressers open or have a, a physical training workout with 10 people because it's someone's business. Um, but you're also going to not let people be married and things. But you're going to put 25 kids in a room with their teachers and leave them at risk of the catching the virus. Mm. It's very powerful when mm. she said it. Mm. And she's been very, I think, really beautiful. But actually what I've noticed is she's been keeping it in. Mm. And that's where I think my, a lot of my emotion is at the moment. Is I, I don't want my 11-year-old to feel like she can't say this stuff. Mm. She said to me this morning, Daddy, if I can get some of my friends and me to read this piece of paper out demanding that we shut the schools. Will you take me to Parliament Steps in Adelaide and record it and we put it on the internet? <laughs> Which I just, that, you know, that, there's a lot of feeling in that. Mm. You know, she's 11, yeah. she's not interested in politics. Yeah. And she is wanting to speak out. Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, from a, from a father and community perspective, I can just keep offering her space every night at the moment. I sit with her on her bed, mm. ask her how she is. Mm. There's lots more information. My seven-year-olds seem completely oblivious, mm -hmm. just looking forward to do art and craft when the school's shut down, so they're pretty happy. Um, and watch more TV, so they're pretty happy. My wife, you know, she's, it's, it's tough in the mm. schools. Mm. Really frightening, actually. Yeah. And they had someone come in and do some kinesiology for all the staff for free yesterday yeah. which was just such and uh, it was beautiful hearing my wife come home feeling cared for wow, nice. for half an hour and i you know i just think wow can, who, who yeah that, that inspires me gives me hope mm -hmm. you know what can we all do to offer something reach into a community remotely or whatever safely all those things but just so i'm really bubbling around with this i want to be helpful at this time but also yeah feeling noticing my own vulnerabilities mm -hmm. And, and I've thought a lot, just to say, I've thought a lot about remote communities and particularly Aboriginal and Torres Strait and the people I've been talking to some friends and really in some of the remote areas about the impact of this mm. to remote communities that it's convenient for the rest of us to forget about. Yeah. And these are, oh, I feel really emotional, you know, these are relatives and friends and, mm. you know, people that we connect to and, um, you know, Actually, the economy is secondary to them. Mm, yeah. yeah um, you know, so how, how do we reach in people in domestic violence situations? It feels very frightening mm, to me. Yeah. Homeless people. So, uh, yeah, I think I'm probably feeling a bit of guilt that I have a really good mm. space in my life. Friends, mm. loved ones, economic situations, not too frightening. Yeah. And then there's people out there who are suffering. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that was big. Yeah, that was well, big. And I'm hearing you, you, there seems to be a lot of worry about everybody else in your life. Mm. And I'm wondering if I can ask you, and I mean, I did mention your family. <laughs> when I ask you, I'm wondering now if I can ask how, how you are, how matters. Yeah, well, thanks. Look, I, as I, I didn't really know. Maybe that was just really nice to be able to talk through that because yeah. I feel like I'm, uh, in a way, I feel like I'm holding my breath. Not, yeah. not in a bad way, just I, I forget sometimes to breathe. Mm. And so it was nice to let that out and just kind of have a little few tears and notice how um, particularly remote communities I don't well I do know why we've been up teaching in remote areas mm -hmm. and we've got friends living in remote areas and I know people whose families live there and, and, and whose land it is and yeah that's really brought up in me the kind of I suppose in a way that something around vulnerability of my own sovereignty or something yeah yeah because other people's is vulnerable so yeah, other people's sovereignty is powerful, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, I've been watching you get very busy over the last week or so. <laughs> and and I know it comes from a place of vulnerability, but it doesn't look like that from the outside. Yeah. So I've really appreciated hearing that a little bit Thank today. You. It's felt very connected. Um, I felt connected to you now listening and just kind mm-hmm. of a lot of compassion for what that feels like you're holding on to as well, you know. Mm. feel really emotional again I feel, I feel like um, when you say that and you can hear me and I think well I just feel very connected mm. as, a, as, a, as a human mm. and, and natured race at the moment mm. you know? me and my daughter ran to some trees the other day and I told her how much I love surfing and being in the ocean how full I feel connected mm. to everyone and everything she told me how connected and full she feels when she climbs trees. Mm. You know, and we just had this, and then there is no difference between us, mm. except what is the material stuff that actually is tragically what we focus on. And I, I think that's what I'm carrying. I just want to give everything away at the moment. I mean, mm. Not, but I, that, that's what it feels like. You know, what, what am I holding on to? Mm. Is the question in me at the moment? Mm. What, what am I holding on to that I think is so precious? When actually, as a community, we're stronger and bigger together connected yeah, yeah that's right i'm wondering if we all to go to a break we were just going to do a quick check-in but i guess this is as good an example yeah. of what's going on in covid19 yeah. emotions as, as anything else so we'll come back after the break and yeah i'm interested to hear about what's come out of some of this busyness that <laughs> just mentioned because there is some yeah. some interesting things we've put out on the internet just lately and on facebook and mm. so maybe we could have a chat about that and about how other people can do just listening at home or online and yeah really beautiful great thanks guys okay welcome back Um, we're back for the second half of reawaken on a podcast is gonna I think we should call it the ebb and flow of COVID-19 emotions nice um, anyway so we're going to talk Rory you were you were inquiring about us talking about a bit more about what's been put out and what, what options and alternatives and ideas there are mm. yeah I know I just got a lot of out of being given the opportunity to speak and be listened to and hearing both of you and mm. I think more so, it, perhaps more so getting more out of both of your vulnerability than even my opportunity to share. I feel really quite calm and maybe the calmest I've felt for, for a few days, mm. getting to listen to you two and share. Um, mm. So I think it's important to encourage other people to do that and maybe give some guidance as to how they might be able to. It's beautiful. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I felt something similar when I was listening to you both, actually. Mm. I felt like I knew where you were. Yeah. And that was, that was my gift, and then mm. hopefully there was value for you in sharing, you know. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So, do we want to talk about what we've been doing? I mean, we, we've been sort of adapting our environment, whether we're seeing people mm. online or Monday morning we had a, a morning check-in for, for 45 minutes, just an emotional check-in. So we sat at safe distance and us three and Bernie sat and checked in which Mm. was beautiful and then that allowed us to get busy and we set up a sort of hygiene appropriate environment according to the guidelines safe distancing hand hygiene single product use you know to Mm. avoid as much as we could any contamination Mm. Um, yeah and then we've been thinking a lot about you know 
what changes are coming? Are we going to have to move to all online? And and really, I think one of the things that we've been talking about is, um, you know, how, how do people support each other when we do end up having to all self-isolate? You know, there's sort mm. of like basic things going on at the moment and we're not, we haven't been told that we can't see clients, although some people are choosing not to come in. Mm. Um, but what, what, what's it going to look like when all of us have to stay home apart from essential things? Mm. And um, so I think this kind of brought up a lot of ideas around talking about how can we connect using the wonderful thing called the internet that we have now. You know, if this had happened 40 years ago, it would have been a lot harder. Maybe. Yes. Um, but we now, you know, we have phones and internet and um, ways of yeah, being together. Yeah. So that's kind of got some stirrings. Do you want to speak about that? Yeah, I can do. I mean, I guess what we've what came up for me was if we could do really what we've just been doing here mm. in any isolated community. Yeah. So if you're at home with family, or if you're isolated in a hotel room with people that you're on a cruise with or you know whatever place or even in workplaces where people are spending long hours wondering what's going on at home how people are you know how do we how do we intentionally emotionally connect rather than look at people having mental health problems Mm -hmm. well because people are feeling mentally different and emotional and vulnerable but it's not a mental illness Mm -hmm. it's really a clear point this for me and and what we've got at the moment is We've got the government and, and other agencies today saying that next week they're going to release a bunch of resources for mental health. Now, I'm not saying that some people might want to not might want to choose to go and see a mental health professional, but we've got these resources in our communities, mm-hmm. and it's about being brave and courageous enough, I think, to intentionally connect. Mm-hmm. So we've taken just listening, which is um, a, a, a project we've been offering just listening which is taking a couple of chairs and inviting people to come and share a story from their life um, and we've done that around the area and we've done that in northwest australia and then we've been to WOMAD with just listening so i just thought why don't we try and make this resource available online and and encourage anyone to do it in any community mm. so at home find a place at home that you can have two safe chairs or a sofa or a couch or something and and that's the place that if someone's feeling vulnerable they can go and sit and someone else can offer them a space to listen. Mm-hmm. If someone's feeling really energetic and hopeful today, maybe go and sit in that place and invite anyone who's feeling vulnerable to come and talk. Mm-hmm. So people don't always have to reach out and ask for help. Sometimes you can just reach in and, mm. hey, you know, guys, I'm, I'm having a good day today. How is everyone else? Do you want mm. me to sit quietly and just listen mm. and listen with justice to whatever's going on for you? Mm. Um, and then I was thinking about people who are on their own. And I've, I've been thinking about, you know, maybe taking the time to find someone to work with, to brainstorm who's in your network that you could safely set up a group. Mm. So you can use phone, email, Skype, WhatsApp, Facebook, whatever media we've got to just be allowed to check in the same way whenever we need to. Either reach out and ask for help mm. or if you're having a good day, who's in your network of five or six people? Why don't you send a message to them all? How are you guys going today? Does anyone want to have a yarn for five minutes? And things like WhatsApp, they're very accessible apps on your phones nowadays. So we've put up a video, we've put up some posters, and, and I suppose we're just really intentionally encouraging that to, to just listen, to sit down and pause and hear each other is a very powerful way of supporting what are common human emotions that most of us are sharing around COVID-19. And it, it moves us away from mental illness, mental health, diagnosis, professional intervention, 
And it brings our communities back into being stronger and more powerful spaces of healing and, and support. Mm -hmm. And I'm, that's when Rory said, where's all my energy gone? Well, that's mm -hmm. where my energy's gone, is that this is pretty simple, people. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And if you need a bit of support to set it up, fine, get some support to set it up. But once we're going, yeah. we can support each other. And I think you were saying that you had a client who was sort of saying, oh, I've moved into this new area and I don't know anyone. And you'd said to her, well, where, who, who, used, who did you used to see in your old network? And mm. she's like, oh, I've got five or six friends where I mm. used to live. So you, you guys have kind of organised for her to link in with those folks. And so sometimes maybe needs a little bit of, you know, that kind of lateral thinking. Yeah, um, and when, practicing. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and so in that case, we, we discovered that this person had six people who she could easily ask, mm. hey, should we all help each other? It's not about one person yes. being in need. It's about saying, when any of us in our little crew mm. of six or seven are vulnerable, we can just shout out for some yeah. someone to listen. Just listen. Not fixing, yeah. not solving, just pause and listen. Mm. And, and then she's going to send out the website, www.justlistening.com.au to everyone. So everyone's watched the same vid video mm -hmm. on basic listening and empathy skills. And everyone's got the posters of what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. And then you've created a self-sustaining emotional support network. Mm -hmm. And I hope the listeners hear that that's all we just did here. Yeah. We checked in and we allowed ourselves to be vulnerable. And then we're all sitting there going, God, that feels better, mm -hmm. knowing where each other is. Yeah. So now after this, we'll walk away feeling stronger. I, f I feel better for having a little cry and mm -hmm. you guys knowing how I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. I, feel I think that's a, that's a great example of just giving this person this example we're talking about, the space to be heard and obviously being down the tunnel of that distress and realising, oh, I do have this network that's available to me yeah. and now that I've had the chance to be listened to, it seems quite obvious that I'd reach out to this network, which I couldn't see because, you know, the tunnel had yeah. <laughs> narrowed in the sense of panic and mm. isolation and distress. That's really is what you get out of it, isn't it, being listened to? It's yeah. that you can calm down and yeah. regulate your internal system and go, ah, oh, actually, yeah. I'll just ring the person I've double booked an appointment with or I'll just yeah. reach out to someone who I know will reach in and, and to yeah. set it up proactively too like yeah. as you were saying that each person in this group of six or seven can can actually start like collectively deciding we're, we're going to do this in a way that sort of is an ongoing support not just when we're kind of oh i'm flailing today um and yeah. i was just thinking too as you've been talking matt i was thinking you know one of the things that i find really difficult is um just how much people get really really activated into a lot of fear and um, so, you know, like a lot of Facebook posts um, and even some online, some other like WhatsApp groups that I've been on, um, there's been a lot of people kind of posting a lot of scary stuff. Well, it seems scary to me. <laughs> and so from my mind, you know, one of the things that I've done, and I think everyone's different because... Um, I have a friend, she wants to know everything there is to know about everything. Mm. So she keeps up with all the, st the stats on every day. She finds out how many more people there are in South Australia and around Australia and around the world who have COVID-19 or coronavirus. And, and so basically, you know, that's her way of dealing with it. Mm. And my way has kind of been different. My way has been like, you know, I'm really enjoying looking at some social media where it talks about, you know, the people went inward and we all had a break for a month and we connected with ourselves and each mm. other in a way that was really compassionate and oh, and beautiful. you know and looking at 
this is sort of like an opportunity in the midst of the distress, not minimising that, um, and really just kind of flip, skipping over the things that maybe are hard to, to, for me at least, to read because it just does make me kind of think, am I supposed to be panicking? And, and what, what does the panic do for me if I start to really dwell on that, you know? Mm. Um, and then the other thing that I've done is just surround myself with people who I trust who mm-hmm. do seem to know. Like my husband's so steady. He can read all those horrible news articles and all those news, all those Facebook feeds and all that. And he's just nonplussed. He goes, oh, that's a bit of an overreaction, isn't it? Or that seems like that person's really frightened or, you know, <laughs> whereas I read and go, oh, like this. <laughs> so I can, just, I can just be in connection with him mm-hmm. and say, do you know what the stats are? Do you know what the thing is that we have to yeah, do next? Beautiful. And he's kind of this lovely filter for me where I don't I, I know that he's across it but I don't have to be across it mm. and so I think for me and I just am saying this because we're gonna each find our own way this mm. friend of mine who wants to know everything um, you know I spoke to her last night for about 20 minutes really useful because I asked her the questions I wanted to ask her about what she does know you know I didn't get into her fear um, so each of us just finding but what is the thing that is most useful to me so maybe if I reach out to you, Matt, and say I need some information, but I'm going to say, don't give me any scary stories. I mean, not that you would, but, mm-hmm. but you know, to, if that was something I was worried about, yeah, you know, nice. something. And I love what you said about uh, at the start of that, that, you know, intentionally setting this up. Yeah. You, you know, that's a really key part of this. Don't wait to be overwhelmed. Mm. We're acknowledging that there's a lot of feelings around this. Yeah. Everyone is. So brilliant. Use this. I mean, I was wondering as well what, what your husband finds of value in you around. Because mm. he will. He'll have his own that's thing right. that's of yeah. great value mm. from you. So you find his steadiness. If he was here, he'd tell us what he found in you. So let's talk about these things. Mm. And let's name them. And let's know that emotionally that's, that's a beautiful thing. Mm. These are all gifts in the mm. end. Mm. And yeah, sometimes I've heard people maybe a bit more in distress about it than I am. But I... You know, even out of that, I get that realizing that I was a bit worried about that, and I was that has been churning over in the back of my mm. mind, and then going, oh, "Okay, it's good to know I'm not the only one worrying about it. Maybe yeah. we can talk together until it feels okay." Mm. Yeah, and you know, I just had a thought when you said that. What if we see? What if we learn from people? Probably all of us in this room would identify this. Learn from people who've experienced extreme and emotional distress in their lives. Mm. And we realise that, that people actually are extraordinarily skillful and cope mm. very well when they find what they need in way of connection and support. And that doesn't have to be a mental health system. Okay, so now the rest of the world that wouldn't previously have identified having emotional distress are now having to confront that. Well, it's okay, people. Yes. <laughs> it's okay because there's lots of us that have walked this path and, and we're still here. And, uh, you know, we're doing all right. And we're a big community. So... Come and join us. <laughs> you know, you're welcome. You yeah. know, now you know a bit more about how I felt on and off in my life. Yeah. And you are welcome in here and I'm going to love you through that mm. because what's made a difference in my mental health journey? People loving me through yeah. times of mm. extreme distress. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't mental illness. It was just emotional overwhelm. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. I, want, I wonder if there's some opportunity for us as a community, maybe as a country, to move forward after this is all over and have a bit more recognition that things like distress or anxiety or feeling upset maybe can be seen as rooted in what's going on around us in our environment and yeah. our experiences and, yeah. you know, 
I don't have an anxiety anxiety disorder. I'm just a bit worried about coronavirus. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, that extends to all of our experiences in life yes. in a more general sense. And I wonder if there'll be yeah. a little bit more understanding for that moving forward after, I mean, we all... We all seem and feel a little bit inverted commas crazy at the moment. Maybe, yeah, yeah, maybe things, maybe people who seem crazy won't seem so crazy after. And we've all had this shared experience of. Yeah, that's right. Maybe it's like the canary in the coal mine, isn't it? Only we can stop sending the canary down the coal mine now, because <laughs> we know what's down the coal mine. It's dark and scary, and things yeah. don't work. So let's stop sending people down there with our labels and our. Yeah narratives of what's wrong with them but let's let's all come out together and, mm. yes i mean i'm having a cynical yes. part come up that's kind of like oh gosh there's going to be a post-covid ptsd diagnosis mm. or some horrendous oh, yes. something that's going to come PTSD. yes that's right nice. yeah well i, I a great opportunity to ward that off. Yes. In emotional Absolutely. connection. Absolutely. Well, just that's right. Mm. Let's have lots. Come of... out with a new, another new disorder, post COVID. L C. D. Yeah. Post COVID COVID love loving connection disorder. <laughs> <laughs> new order. New order. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I must say, it's a, but I was listening to you talk about let's stop sending the canary down the mine yeah i also thought maybe we don't have to put the canary in a cage when it comes back out of the <laughs> yeah <laughs> let it run free man. yeah yeah all right look we ought to wrap it up there is there any final thoughts or feelings or i just want to shout out again www.justlistening.com.au free resources mm. Any other free resources, share them, share them, share yeah. them. This is not about one way of doing this. Mm. No. And that's exactly where my, went, my mind went. I really enjoyed this. So, I don't know. Start your own podcast. Start your own band. Record something. <laughs> make it fun as well as connecting, nice. you know. Yeah. Nice. No, it's yeah. fabulous. Thanks, guys. Everywhere people, in every place, all of the countries, and each race, need your hope, that's what this world is in need, hope is in the water that sprouts the seed, hope is the thing that stops you bleed, hope is the irie in the weed, so give hope, and live hope, and when your kids are hungry, feed them hope, if the system bleeds you dry, have hope, if the situation makes you cry, have hope, now it's time to dry your eyes and hope That that'll keep your dreams alive I hope that you hope Cause everyone's future is resting on your hope Can take the worst thing and turn it around Hope can find the lost that was not to be found Hope can make the losers them start gaining ground and Hope can turn your pennies right back into pounds Cause hope can be rebuilt even when it's been killed And if you believe, your hope will be fulfilled But people lie just to raise your hope just to make you think that they're helping you cope They're selling you eggs without no yolk 
They're wearing you down until your will is broke This ain't real hope, they don't feel hope They real hope and deal hope and turn it into false hope And we give up on this world like it's a sinking boat We let each other drown instead of flinging the rope We're turning the place into some kind of joke But we can't laugh, we can't lose hope In these times while they commit these crimes Because there's nothing else out here keeping us afloat Hope is elusive, a glint in the eye That something is exclusive, that thing they can buy Won't make excuses, they just sit and ask why Our mistakes are conclusive, hope will just die But I wouldn't lie, singing all lullaby Give hope a try, and hope gets high You'll be bereaved, but you'll also receive Have hope, can be deceived, you've just got to believe And hope, don't let it leave, or ever receive Just hope, and then one day, you're going to succeed You can't live without hope, don't go without hope Don't doubt hope, will keep you warm when you're shivering with cold Young when you're tired and old Hope can make a frightened man hearty and bold But hope can find the truth that has never been told Cause some people take hope and some people make hope But you are the people, you people here You're the ones that I feel are sincere You're raising my hope, will hold your hand when you feel insecure Hope will find a way through any locked door Hope will give you guidance when you're feeling unsure Make a point to the wise even when there's a floor so much more and so much more and so much more hope will do it all and so much more